Hey, I heard you had a show coming up. Yeah, this weekend you coming? Dude, I will be there. Nice. So you got your tickets? Oh, not yet. I'm going to get them tomorrow, though. The show's sold out. Don't worry. I-, I got you on the guest list. Oh, man, you're the best. Can I get a plus one? Uh, don't push your luck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trot and the Get Down and White Sox. Dave, with you from the band today is your boy, Colin. We have the Cowboy, Dave Williams. Dave, how are we doing today, buddy? Dave's doing excellent. Cowboy's doing excellent. It was about 40, uh, well, 38 degrees or so in Chicago today, so it felt like summertime. Ooh. Summertime shy. The snow was like nice packing snowball snow. I Did you guys get snow court. today? No, it was crystal clear day. It was a nice uh, day out. Really we got nice day. Snow today. I'm done with it, dude. Yeah, I know. That's what Ali was saying. Um, prior to us hitting record, uh, that's just I'm done with it. I'm over it. But um, usually March is pretty good to us. I mean, we'll get those random snow days. But uh, other than that, like we're we're down the home stretch. We're down the home stretch. We're down the home stretch, dude. Uh, me and my family, my siblings are talking about booking a shore house now down the down the Jersey Shore. So yep, I've got my eyes on summer. Someone who knows about the experience of living in Philadelphia and getting through the winters, we have for the first time on our producer, our friend, Miss Allie Adams on the podcast today. Allie, how are we? I'm good. How are you? I'm fucking outstanding. For those of you who don't know Allie, Allie's been sending our emails behind the scenes. She's been helping us set up interviews. Allie is also Foxtrot's tour manager. She's been on the road with us. She's had to deal with our bullshit on the road. <laughs> uh, Allie, first question, how is it dealing with Foxtrot on the road? Oh my God, it's chaos. <laughs> It's chaos. It's chaos, dude. Yeah, all right, I, I want no, it's you. Amazing. It's amazing. Do me a quick favor and act like Colin's not here. I want to <laughs> hear all the dirtiest, deepest secrets you got. Like, like, like his tour habits. Like, I'm talking not on stage. I'm talking behind the scenes, not public. What? It, what's like something embarrassing that I can hold over his head for as long as he lives? I don't even like. Do we like sit in a hotel room and watch The Office? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like there's no like real cool shit necessarily, no. but it's more like it's like wrangling cats. I feel like her job is wrangling cats 100. percent It's like Who okay, are so easily distracted, so easily distracted. It's uh-huh. literally like ADD, right? It, it, it's more like she she has to deal with like okay, we have to do sound check. Okay, where are Eric and Jimmy? Okay, they're outside smoking cigarettes. We got to go get them. Okay, Colin's <laughs> in the bathroom. All right, let's go get him. Like it's it's really yeah. a job like that, Allie. What's your favorite? Because you've been to some really cool shit with us. We did South by Southwest last year. We did that uh, festival in Kentucky. You were there for that. That was cool. What was your best experience? (laughs) Firefly. 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 With With you guys in particular, Firefly. Allie was the one, and I brought this up on previous podcasts, but Allie was the one who stopped us from fighting one of the kids from One Direction. Yeah. Oh, come on. You've never told me this story. I never told you this story? I don't How think you told you me the story. I like One Direction, too. I okay, so do I. <laughs> so do I. Okay, so I'll go over the story real quick. This is I, I don't want to put this on blast because I've even told this story and tried to leave the group out because I didn't want to alienate anybody. But so what happened was after a performance at Firefly Music Festival, it's one of the biggest music festivals in the country, yeah. uh, me and Jimmy. East Coast Coachella. Exactly. Yeah. Me and Jimmy had left Eminem's performance, and we had gone back to our artist area and we were drinking a bottle. A, can I make a quick intro? Go ahead. The, the only thing left at the backstage bar at Eminem was this Deep Eddie's Lemonade Vodka straight. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. That, like, <laughs> it, was at the, it was like the end of the festival, so like the things were getting cleared out. So we, prior to this incident, had been chugging this like Deep Eddie's Lemonade Vodka. So just context. Yeah, we, people we were shit-faced. Yeah. yeah. It, it was <laughs> yeah. also after we had, we had performed right before Lil Wayne that day, and we were like, we were on top of the fucking world. 
And the, the worst mm-hmm. part was it was 150 degrees. We were sleeping in a tent because it was the artist sleeping area, but we had tents and shit. So we were living like people who were at the festival. And me and Jimmy had gone back to our trailer to, to get a bottle of Jameson and end the night. So I'm smoking a big old cigar. Jimmy's smoking cigarettes. We're, we're just having fun. And this giant soccer ball, like this cartoonishly big soccer ball, hits us. And we're like, all right, whatever. Like, we won't give a fuck. Like, so we, like, toss the ball back, and this kid walks over. And I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to go that deep, which one of these kids it was. But he looks at us, and he was like, uh, like, he said something with a British accent. And Jimmy was like, oh, man, that's a mighty big football you got there, mate. And the kid looked at us like we deserved to die. Like, he was like, who is this scum? Like, who, who is talking to me? So he These just like, Yankee fucks. He looked at us and just stared at us. And we were like, all right, dude. And Jimmy was like, all right, dude, I'm just saying. It's a big fucking soccer ball. What do you want? Like, and all of a sudden, this giant security guard comes walking towards us. And, like, we, we perform. We're like, okay, we have certain leeway here. We're artists. Like, whatever. And, like, the dude starts. He doesn't say anything. He just gets real close to us. And, and that sets Jimmy off. Because Jimmy is from Fishtown. Jimmy is from the heart of Philadelphia. And Jimmy, I always say Jimmy's the kind of guy that would hit you with a bag of bricks. Like, Jimmy's just, he'll grab whatever's near him and he'll do what he has to do. So, Jimmy's getting heated. I'm getting kind of heated. And the kid's just staring at us like, you piece of shit. Like, what the fuck? Get out of here. So, all of a sudden, Allie walks over with Scarlett, who's a friend of ours who also works with Allie. And they're like, do you know who that is? That's so-and-so from One Direction. And I was like, and Jimmy has the line of the century. He went... I don't give a fuck how many directions he's going in, dude. Fuck that kid. I'm a bitch. <laughs> so all this comes out. I remember getting a stern talking to you from Ellie and Scarlett being like, you oh, I was fucking so do that. Off. I was so <laughs> mad at you guys. I could not believe. And like, Dave, like just for context, like we had booked Foxtrot to be at the festival. So it was like a bad look. If obviously <laughs> if we had booked a band that was going to fight one of the biggest boy bands the in the world, like yeah. not good. Yeah. Like not good. Here's the thing though. That kid wasn't even playing. No, he, he was wasn't. there hanging out. Yeah. So, I was like, I, I, I've written this before, but like, if I got, if I got kicked out of a festival that I was playing at because somebody who wasn't playing was uh, feeling territorial, get the fuck out of here. Either way, it makes for a great story. And it was kind of the beginning of Allie working with us. Yeah. But I, didn't, I just want to say, I'm so happy to have Allie here today. Allie, for anybody who needs to know, is a total badass. And if you ever need <laughs> anything done, you fucking call Allie Adams and she'll handle it. But oh, thank you. Allie, you happy to be here? Yes, of course. Good. Of course. It sounds like you're thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I am thrilled. I'm super excited. Yeah. All right. So besides Allie being here, which of course is a gigantic deal, <laughs> let's talk about Dave. Dave has begun his training to become a rock star. Dave is officially, we've put it on social media. Dave's learning. Dave, how's it going for you, buddy? It's going very well. Um, I need like two hours, I would say, right now to actually get the song that we are playing right now down pretty well. I like max. So I, I wanted it to be tonight, but like tomorrow morning, uh, by, I don't know, by noon or so, I'm just going to send you a video and Mm. you're going to be like, shit, dude. Like he's, he was like, fucking, he he nailed that one a little, I mean, as much as an idiot like me can nail it, you know, (laughs) listen, whatever you send me is getting shared on the internet. I I, 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 I can't say it anymore, but like everybody's going to know the song. Yeah. They do know the song. I was trying to hide the song. It's, uh, uh, Get What You Want by uh, the Rolling Stones, who I'm going to be talking about a little bit today. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I, I keep talking about how once it clicks, um, 
as someone learning the guitar, that's when I'll just never put it down. Mm. And it finally started to a little bit uh, yesterday, like yesterday afternoon. So um, I'm very excited about it. I, I came, so my buddy, uh, Matt, a high, kid I grew up with, I've known him since sixth grade. He, uh, he just got back from doing his 10 years in the military. And Ooh, shout out. Um, he, he bought this, this piece of shit, like little, like half size Winnebago. Ooh. And he took six months and it was just him and the Winnebago. I don't know. I don't know if it wasn't a Winnebago, but a little like camper, uh, fix it up. Like got new brakes, blah, blah, blah. And did the entire country. So we wow. hit all 48 states in the last six months alone, like went to all the national parks. And this is the first time I've seen him in, in years, even though we stay in touch with like group chats and everything. But uh, I came home last night at like 10 o'clock and um, we had been drinking heavily throughout the day. <laughs> and um, he's like, I was like, yeah, I've been trying to play guitar a little bit. And he's very musically gifted and um, he could play anything. He's like the smartest kid I know. Scratch golfer, scratch. He can bowl 300 game. Oh, fuck Super that guy. He, sound, he sounds like that guy in your friend group that you have to hate because he's exactly he's one of those guys except he's like such a like there's nothing to hate about him other than he's just good at everything which mm. i i do hate about him i wish he was just like right, average at some things you know <laughs> um like he was our best pitcher on our high school baseball team and everything could have played not d1 but he could have played definitely well be honest with me about is he a handsome guy too like is he a good looking guy he's pretty good looking pretty good oh, looking. Dude, that's see that's even the shittiest thing you can't even be like ah dude you're ugly like it's, it's, yeah, he's like handsome i can't even call him ugly or anything damn it um <laughs> so yeah so i i started playing he's like damn dude that's actually pretty like pretty halfway decent so um i'm there i just need like another hour or two i haven't played it today yet um but i was working out all weekend i didn't do anything on saturday and um by like noon tomorrow i feel like i'll get it and i'm i'm excited about it See, you're talking a big game now, and uh, I know we have, I, we have the I'm internet to answer to now, point. bro. And so, look, I have all the faith in the world. We're gonna start bringing in the big guns soon. I want some people to start helping me out with this, and we're gonna get them on board. But I know Dave has it in him, and I've seen it in evidence in the sessions that we've done thus far. He's gonna be a fucking rock star, and he's gonna be coming with us to shows, and she's <laughs> gonna be trying. See, and now you got to worry about wrangling Dave too. It's not yeah. just the band. Great. See, I was, I was going to ask you this, like you were starting to talk about your story earlier and I was like, what's uh, Colin's like deepest, darkest secret, like on the road on tour. And like, you you just said like, oh, he just watches Netflix or yeah. the office and, and like the hotel rooms and shit. Like what kind of rock star does that? Dude, we are the most boring band of all time. Nah. You gotta, you gotta like <laughs> do something highly illegal to get your rep up. Ellie, have we ever done anything highly illegal? No, I don't see. Think. I was trying to see if you'd incriminate like, me, you piece like, of shit. You're like, <laughs> but just well, I mean, a lot of this goes on social. What about like air quotes illegal and allegedly illegal and all that? Have stuff? we done so anything we that dumb? Like, I was gonna say, usually we're pretty good, they're just like loud and like don't necessarily have like spatial awareness of like where they're being loud like i would say like more that of sounds a like philly assholes in general it is pretty much like they yeah. ran down the streets of kentucky trying to find this tiki bar oh, or something and yeah. it was so loud and it was so late and i'm sure there are some noise complaints going i on just from. remember that festival in kentucky like sitting out back of that tiki bar like 4 a.m with all the radio people in the country and there's just like a pile of cigarettes in the middle of the table and everybody's <laughs> shit-faced and I, I remember like looking over and seeing like members of the band talking to radio people and i'm like they shouldn't be doing that right now because nobody is in the shape to be like <laughs> with our future in their hands like <laughs> i do remember very vividly from that weekend though 
like being like semi under control. There have been times like South by Southwest, we were fucking shit based, and I'm not gonna lie. Like we were, oh, yeah. we were amongst friends that weekend though. Like we were with all the Philly squad that weekend. That was fun. Yeah, that was a good one. The thing is, though, Allie really came on right before quarantine. So, like, we haven't had, like, the full. Okay, so you haven't got the full. Okay, no, okay. No, not She's yet, gotten not some, yet. but not the full. And these okay. are the things that people like Allie have to deal with. So, yeah. yeah. We're happy to have Allie here. We're happy to have Dave midway through his fucking eruption as a musician. Uh, speaking of eruption, we talk about Van Halen later in this episode. Our two guests today, we have Mark Agnesi who is the director of brand experience for Gibson Guitars. He's also famous from Norman's Rare Guitars in L.A. I've been a big fan for a while, and we had a great conversation with him. You were Shout nerding out, out Guitars. Like, and not so nerding, hard. you were fanboying out. Like, out of all so the guests hard. we've interviewed so far, I think you were fanboying with Mark more than anybody thus far. Even Mark, I was 100%. <laughs> I was 150%. Other than that, we also have a reoccurring guest on the podcast, a friend of ours, Joe P., former lead singer of the band Deal Casino, who we've done shows with. Uh, I'm a huge fan, who is now taking on the TikTok world and is absolutely killing it as a social, like, uh, on social media as a solo artist. And that kind of brings me, before we get into the interviews, we have to talk about... We've avoided it thus far. We really haven't gone into TikTok thus far, but we need to talk about it. And I've always been very vocally against it. And in the music industry right now, it is a major, you know, measurement of an artist's worth, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. And I know Dave's not a fan. Allie, what are your thoughts on, on TikTok? Uh, I'm on it every day. I know you are. <laughs> That's exactly why I go nowhere near, because I've got enough different forms of social media just rotting my brain causing yeah. unproductive yeah. hours on end just me scrolling through twitter like looking at the same things over and over and over and i just can't add something else to the rotation that just is it just warps my brain I now can't me and me and me and ellie have had long conversations on the phone about whether or not foxtrot should enter the tiktok world yeah and she's have. always said i'm for it yes absolutely which now, I will say, we had a big argument in the studio when we were cutting the new stuff. This was like three weeks ago where we were wrapping up the session. I was 16 hours in. I was exhausted. And the last thing I wanted anybody to do was to tell me to add another thing onto my list of things to do. Legitimately, yeah, something yeah. else that I find to be kind of abhorrent at this point in my life. I, did, I just didn't want to do it. So I got in a big argument. I came home. I talked to my wife. Dana, you, you've met Dana before, Allie. Dana works. Part of her job is in influencer marketing. So I sat down on the stairs. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And I said, like, the fucking band wants me to get the band on TikTok. And I've always said I won't do it. And she looked at me and dead in the eye said, if you don't do it, you're stupid. She was like, you're dumb. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you know what I'm about. And she was like, look, it's aged up considerably during quarantine. Yep. Like, I, my whole thing was. I was like, yo, I'm 29. I'm not like an old man, but I'm in my later 20s, and I, I let the kids have their thing. I don't want to be that. I, my, my example I always use is Steve Buscemi on the skateboard, that gif, like, what's <laughs> up, fellow youths? Like, okay, that's cool. Like, let them have their thing. And Dana was like, dude, the average age now is like 27. She was like, you'd be a fool not to do it. Mm -hmm. And so as a social experiment and kind of an experiment for the band and for the podcast, I thought, let me get one and just see what the fuck happens. So I did. and. It's been two weeks now, and my experience went from dreadful to, like, I'm okay with this, and I kind of see the merits. And I'll go over this real quick, but 
when I first joined it, what really freaked me out was when I was getting, it's the most algorithmic of all of the social yeah, media. Yeah, I've heard like, that. It pushes shit towards you that they think you want to see. But like what they were pushing me in the beginning was all these videos that said, hey, you, TikToker with no followers, here's how you get more followers. Literally, and I'm a grown-ass man who's in check with my emotions. I'm a fucking married man. Like, I'm an adult. And I was like feeling like shit. And I'm like, oh my God, why am I like, why do I suck at this? And I'm like, if I feel this way, how the fuck do kids who don't know how to process this shit feel? And my first reaction was like, oh my God, this is going to fuck a generation of kids up. And yeah. then, good. No, it absolutely does. Like people are obsessed with the amount of people who follow them on any given application, social media application there is. And mm. It's like, I, I don't know if you guys had seen the social dilemma on Netflix. Yeah. It's legitimately yeah. scary. It is a hundred percent scary. Like well, so I, I do it. Cause I like kind of have to for my job. Cause more followers equals more, you know, merch sales and yep. downloads, blah, blah, blah. Same with you. But like, and then, and I get the same, I get the same rants or, um, you know, like finger point and say, you need to get TikTok, And I just tell them flat out, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Like I like it's never come down from someone who like like Portnoy or Erica. When in that case, I would listen, but of course. Um, but I, I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. Like I don't need to obsess over something else that that just. I mean, and I under and I also do understand the merits, like you were saying. Yeah. But I, it's just like we'll make money elsewhere. Like I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm not gonna sit there doing dances and like. Well, that was like, my thing. I told the band that if we're gonna download it. We're just taking content from other mediums and putting it on there. If I catch any of you motherfuckers dancing on there or doing some weird God. shit, I was like, you will find another band to work for. Like, you will get the fuck out of here. It's all about authenticity. But, like, I'll get to where I am today, like, two and a half, three weeks in. I understand the merits if you're a musician and why you would do it. I do. I don't think that our audience is necessarily the audience that I'm aiming – like, that's on tick. It, it's more of, like, you have to check the box. Like – in, in music, in, in, in the music industry, you always have to have these boxes checked so that it's undeniable when you go to people up the ladder and say, we have this, we have this, we've done this, we've done this. If I went to a record label right now, if, I, if that was my goal and said like, hey, we do this. So like, where's your TikTok? I'm like, I don't have one because I don't like it. And they're like, that fucking sucks. We're, you're out. I do understand the merits. And when we talk to Joe P, you'll kind of understand like where he's at in it. But, like, the one thing that will still always bother me about it is it's just another means to quantify a musician's worth. And we're in a world right now where, like, you can see streams. You can see – it's not about potential. It's about what you have right now when you're moving up the ladder. And we've had a, we had a conversation with Christopher Brown where we were talking about that. And we were talking about, you know, everybody can see everything. And every, like, if you want to get on radio, you've got to have this many followers and you've got to have these many streams. And – it's so much we're in a world right now in the music industry where it's like, okay, you might be good and your shit might pop later, but right now you don't have, like, it could be like, you have great streams, but your, like, your Instagram followers aren't enough, or you don't have enough Shazams, or you don't have enough TikToks. My one gripe in this whole thing is it's just another way to quantify art, and I'm not a fan of that. And I mean, Al, you hear yeah. me rant about this shit all the time. Like, how much shit do I have to go through? Like, how many, <laughs> how many different mediums do I have to mitigate when we're talking about, like, hey, we're going to release this. We have to do this, 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 and this. And you work in this field regardless, like the digital field with, nit with Witty Gritty and all that. Like, mm -hmm. What's your opinion on social media and art? Mm, that's a great question. Um, Thank you very much. I appreciate that. No, I think it's, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, 
quantifying your art sucks and having to jump through the hoops just to like be deemed successful or Mm. deemed valuable like also sucks and a lot of social media sucks like Mm. a lot of it no matter what platform you're on and um I think one of the things that I was thinking of when you were just mentioning TikTok is the other thing is that you're doing 60 second sound bites of songs you're not doing a full song right so like these playlists today are songs that are good for the 60 seconds that have been on TikTok. Like if you go to a lot of those curated Spotify playlists, they're all shit, like all stuff from TikTok. And um, that's weird to me. I don't know that I am, because like, I don't, there's a lot of better music out there, in my opinion. Well, that's the thing that bothers me is that people don't see the fact, I worry about art in a certain capacity when it comes down to like, if you're trying to figure out what hits in 60 seconds, it, you, it, yeah. it, it mitigates what you're doing. It, it, it devalues what you're doing. And I will say that maybe right now that's where we are. I don't know where we wind up going, but right now it's such an odd place to be in being in music. And especially in the pandemic, like everybody's gravitating towards what's hot right now and what will make sense right now, because everybody's scrounging for such a small amount of shit. Cause mm-hmm. there's no shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, Dave Barstow obviously deals in, in all social media, probably more than anybody. You say you do get pressure from your job to, to have to do this. Like, what, what to you like? Because I know you like Twitter. What, what social media makes the most sense to you? Wow. That's a, that's a loaded question. Like, Instagram and Twitter, like, I don't go on Facebook. I have a Facebook still. It's a personal Facebook. Up until recently, I f- found out that, because I never go on. I go on it maybe once a month. Mm. And up until recently, I found out that my phone number was still on there and I would get calls from fucking stoolies, non, like not nonstop, but they would look up my Facebook, find my phone number. And I'd be like, man, how the fuck are people getting my phone number? I'm deleting mine right and now, yo. <laughs> I eventually put two and two, and this was going on for years that I, I finally <laughs> realized it. Um, but um, I mean, still to this day, at least in terms of numbers, uh, Facebook drives like a ton of, uh, like, like it drives a ton of traffic to the website. Um, I would say for sales, um, Twitter is what I use the most. Yeah. Um, cause that's where I have the biggest following personally. And then Instagram, um, I would say is more for promotion. Right. Um, just like not necessarily selling, but promoting any given product or like, I always kind of intertwine uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. So like if I'm, if I'm selling something on, on Instagram, like a swipe up or something, then I'll direct it back to my Twitter um, where a link will, you know, it'll be or anything, but those are the only two I really use, um, which is leaving money on the table. But at the same time, like I, I just, like, what's your soul worth? Care. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that's what it is. Questions. That's what it is. It's like my soul. Like I, I have to draw a line somewhere. Cause all right, I download TikTok in another year. There's going to be some other platform. All right, I got to download that now. Like people yeah. are trying to tell me to um, uh, download Clubhouse right now, which is sort of, I think, like a Zoom. It's like, but, it's no just favorite. a voice app. Yeah, you're, it's like, basically you're just on a big group phone call, which yeah. I, look, I'm all for, like social media has given artists a certain ability to control their own narrative and control their own interaction with fans, mm-hmm. which is great. But after a certain point, it just gets to me because it's too much direct contact in a way. Like we have, we've had the conversation about comment sections a lot on this show. And I just, I avoided Twitter for, I've had it, but like until recently I wasn't really using it that often because 
it's such a combative, volatile place a lot it of is. the times. Yeah. Instagram has been more of a happy medium for me, and now I'm getting into the TikTok world. And look, this is going to be an ongoing conversation, but I think if any, everybody listens to the end of this episode, listens to Joe P, who's been very successful on TikTok, talk about his experience, it's enlightening. So to all musicians who are interested in that shit and we're kind of in a place where I was three weeks ago, listen to that and you might change your tune. So yeah. that's our TikTok session. That's our introduction. Let's go into on the list, off the list. Uh, I'm going to go, then Dave, then Allie. Uh, my on the list, I have two quick ones. So I want to just say, first off, on my list, Daft Punk. Daft Punk, the, you know, fucking world-famous, groundbreaking EDM duo, are calling it quits after 28 years. They've been very important to me because they work with Kanye, and they've, they've obviously changed the world of EDM, but shout out to them, getting out while the getting's good. Good for them. Uh, my other on the list is Bobby Shmurda. Bobby Shmurda's getting out of jail tomorrow, apparently. The world needs this right, right now. Back when the Schmurder dance was hot, it was just such a simpler time and place in the world. Bobby's getting out of jail. Everything might go back to normal now. You never know. <laughs> we might have just been as a society waiting for Bobby Schmurder to get out of jail, and this is the answer to all of our problems. So shout out Bobby Schmurder. Shout out to Daft Punk. Dave, who's on your list? None other than Michael Philip Jagger, Ooh. otherwise known as Mick Jagger. So, um, <laughs> Like for me, when I'm listening to music, like I'll, I'll listen to the same artist nonstop for like a month straight until I get sick of it. Yeah. The band or the artist, I should say. And then I won't, I won't touch him again for like six months and it's just cyclical like that. Mm. And um, I hadn't listened to the Rolling Stones until we started playing. Oh, I think that was last Tuesday or Wednesday that we, we yeah. had our session. And um, I hadn't listened to them in a while. And I just got lost in their music this weekend. I had so it on, going on a touch tones, touch tunes rather at the bar on uh Friday. Nice. Um, everybody, every, I mean, you can't not like the Rolling Stones. Like they, they exceed generation. Um, obviously um, the whole there, I, I would put them in the Holy Trinity of, of musicians or artists or Agreed. bands with uh, Zeppelin. And, and you guys can feel free to disagree or talk, call me an idiot or whatever with <laughs> Zeppelin, the Beatles and, and the Stones. And um, I just fucking love their music. And I was randomly, like a week ago, I was talking to my dad. And um, actually, this was after our last show is what it was. Um, and I, I was talking to him, and he saw the Rolling Stones at Soldier Field in the um, – it would have been that late 70s, early 80s. Uh, he didn't tell me exactly what it was. But it, Soldier Field, prior to the renovations in the early 2000s, it was just like the big house. It was like the, a big bowl. So – there were stairwells from like the first row on the 50 yard line all the way up to the last row of the stadium. Oh, shit. And I like, I have a feeling and I hope that, that I'm wrong that Mick Jagger was uh, lip syncing, but my dad swears to God that he wasn't that he said that he started at the, the first row and I don't know what song, whatever song he was singing. And he ran up to the top row of the stadium and back down, which is a lot of stairs. And I like, if He's I a monster. Three, and didn't miss a beat, didn't have to take a breath, nothing. And, like, if I did that, if I, like, walk up one flight of stairs, like, I'm on my hands and knees, like, grasping <laughs> for air, you know? And that's why he's Mick Jagger, dude. That's and that's why, why he's Mick Jagger. Jagger. So he's on my guest list this week. That's my favorite band of all time. The Rolling Stones are the greatest rock and roll band of all time. That is my, I, my I, opinion. I would never argue otherwise. Both. They're not my personal favorite, they're, but I would never argue that they're the best ever. Not even saying favorite, the greatest, the most important. The Rolling Stones are my band. So, uh, great pick. Allie, who's on your guest list? 
Okay, on my guest list is Ted Lasso. Have you guys oh, watched that show? Oh, we talking about this. Oh my God. It is an amazing show on Apple TV. It's um, Jason Sudeikis. Mm. And I don't like Jason Sudeikis. What? No, you have to. I don't like Jason Sudeikis. You have I, to give I, him a second chance on this show. If I heard it's amazing. Right? Right? That's what I'm thinking of. No, that's Jason Bateman. J- or J- okay, I don't like Jason Bateman. Jason Sudeikis, <laughs> he's, he's fine. I always Jason Sudeikis is in, he was Saturday Night Live. He's been in yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, he's in Eastbound and Down, like yes, season exactly. two or three. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, he was yeah, the guy yeah, who said yeah. he went to rehab for his nose. For his yeah, nose. That, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, Ted Lasso. Yeah, so it's... um. It's a character. He's a he's a football coach from America that gets brought over to the UK to be a, a soccer coach. Mm. Um, all because the owner of the soccer club wants to like totally destroy the soccer club, um, basically. So she's like, she got a "Let me pick ball, mate." Yeah, no, dude. He, he he. I watched like a little bit of it today. He's got like a really deep like. He sounds like uh, Nick Saban or like Steve Spurrier. He's got like a really deep like. Southern. He's got like a southern thing. He definitely yeah. was like the coach of, like LSU or like one yeah. of those fucking SEC schools. But yeah uh it's great it's so wholesome and like happy but also mm. just like the characters are really good it's funny um and it's just like it's nice at the end of the day when you've like read so much shit online the news is awful things are crumbling and like you could just just chill out watch ted lasso so dude that's why i've been going i've been watching new girl constantly because oh, it's like it's the perfect I show to new just girl. diffuse all like what's your, dave what's your turn off your brain show like your background music show um this is so i don't really have a tv show like that but mm. i've watched world war ii in color Eighteen thousand times. Because <laughs> I'm a history nerd, and I think that's like the best possible. Like, put it in layman's terms from the start of World War One and and how it you know the world became World War Two. Yeah. Um. Possible. It's it's super easy to follow. It's episode by episode, and that's like I, I watch it all the time. I watch it probably three times a year, start to finish. So to I chill can't... to chill out at the end of the day, <laughs> yes. you watch World yes. War. Okay. Yes, I'm, well. a weirdo. I'm a total weirdo. <laughs> no, 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 because I'm, I'm a history nerd too, and I get it. I was talking more like I don't know, like some people watch Friends or The Office. Dave's like, ah, <laughs> I man, the storming there, of like Normandy. <laughs> okay, there you go. I like Seinfeld. Seinfeld's a good one. <laughs> All right, so my off the list. This is very weird and specific. Davis is kind of like a you pick. My off the list is more like a generalized thing. It's overly exaggerated. YouTube videos of celebrities doing accents. And this is that's very specific. But today I got two different videos fed to me through YouTube of Tina Fey and uh Bradley Cooper doing Philly accents, and it made my blood run cold. Like you ever watch like Dave, you're from Chicago. The Chicago accent's very discernible. When people do like over the top, like cartoonish Chicago accents, doesn't it make your blood kind of run cold? Not really. Um because, I mean, it, it was made famous in the Superfans SNL skit. Yeah. And, I mean, Mike Myers is in that. He's Canadian. Uh, Chris right. Farley, he's from Milwaukee. Milwaukee has a similar accent to Chicago. So he can do it, like, actually, I'm sure. And then, uh, who, like, the other guys actually did it hilariously, and it was pretty spot on. So, I'm not even saying that I have a problem with it because me. If you listen to this podcast, you know which one of us is from where. I have yeah. a very bad oh, Philly accent. You have a very bad Chicago accent. But like the Bradley Cooper thing and like the Tina Fey thing, like they're both from the Philly area, so they have the right to do it. But like, I just hate when like you're watching like Saturday Night Live or something. They're like, "Yeah, dude, like you should go down the shore." Like I'm like, yeah. that's so fucking corny. Shut the fuck up. That's. Crazy. I don't think Tina Fey. Tina Fey doesn't do a good job of it though. No, she well, she does the Delco accent more than anything, which is a yeah. little bit different. Wait, 
you see Kate Winslet, who's from the Brit, like a yes. British lady. Um, she filmed a movie in Delco, I guess, mm -hmm. and she said that her the doing the accent made her want to throw things. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys watch Peaky Blinders at all? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the main character from Jurassic Park, Sam Neill. Mm -hmm. is uh he's the i think it's his, his title's the inspector general or whatever for, oh yeah i didn't put those two together for some reason yeah because he's he's obviously jurassic park's almost 30 years old i think it was 93 that movie came out yeah and piggy blinders is you know well past that decades later and i was reading up on that because i'm a weirdo i like to read like the behind the scenes stuff and mm -hmm. he's from uh he's from new zealand and also spent a lot of time in south africa sam neil did uh and all of his roles, like he was an American in Jurassic Park, he's usually playing a, either a British dude or, a, uh, or an American dude. And, and I didn't realize in Jurassic Park he wasn't, like I thought his accent was very good and clean. Like I didn't realize he was from New Zealand. But um, in, that, in Peaky Blinders, I guess, if you're from Northern Ireland, people absolutely yeah. hated the acting job. And I thought he was amazing in the show because his accent's so, it's so bad and so phony in the show. I couldn't tell the difference, but I guess – like Northern Irish people, Scottish people absolutely load that accent. Bro, there is one thing that I cannot do on earth. Well, there's two things. I can't play video games. I suck at video games. And I can't do accents. I can't they do are either. so bad. Like I went downstairs legitimately, like, it, like during this podcast, I went downstairs to fill up my drink and I looked at my wife and I said something in a British accent. She said, what, what is that? I said, hello, mate. And she was like, is that... I was like, I'm sorry, that's a British accent. She's like, that's Australian? And I was like, I can't do it. I fucking suck at it. Whatever, Dave, who's off your guest list? All right, I got two today. I, I added one as soon as I got back today. But um, the first one I'm going with is this one. So I'm a petty asshole. And <laughs> if you tell me I'm wrong on something, I just want to dig deeper. Like, we've all heard my Tom Brady takes. We've all heard yeah. my Denzel Washington, which I'll stand by both of them. I think they're both overrated in certain regards. Um, but – New York Yankees pitching staff absolutely fucking blows. I and agree I with that. I made that very, very, uh, I think, fair observation on Twitter today, and I had Yankees fans coming down my neck. Like, Corey Kluber won two Saw Youngs. It's like, yeah, he did that six years, years ago. ago. Yeah, exactly. And he's 35 years old, and he's thrown 35 innings the last two years combined, and he's coming off a major soldier surgery. What makes you think he's going to be any good? He's your number two after Garrett Cole. Then you got Jordan Montgomery, who's stunk since his rookie year. Like, I thought you were the Yankees. You think you can get the best and be the best at every single possible year. And then they started ripping on Lance Lynn because he, he got traded to the Yankees a couple years ago, and he had, like, five starts for him, and he wasn't that good for him. He's mm. been a top-two Cy Young finisher. Yeah, he's a monster. He's an, he's an animal. And it's like, where do you guys get off, you fucking Yankees fans? So, all right, so that Dave's off the list. All right, Allie, who's <laughs> off your list? Mine is the Philadelphia Parking Authority. Fuck the I, PPA! Couldn't agree I more. I, I'm sure they're so awful. Much. Oh, they're the worst. Did they tow you recently? They courtesy towed me into a bus stop and then proceeded to impound my car while it was sitting. Some, some guy dropped it into a bus stop. It got booted. I was out of town, so I didn't even know any of this oh. was happening. And I'm now in three separate disputes trying to get a sum total of $500. And you back. will never, ever see no. that money for one. Nah, and you will never no get an answer back. But Dude, you should time. go to the end of earth trying to get that money oh, yeah. just out of spite. Cause spite one, of the, one of the guys told me I should call, because it was like, it was something like PGW doing work on our mm -hmm. street. And that's why our cars got moved or something like that. 
some guy who works for PPA even told me he's like it would be better if he just went to PGW and tried to get them to pay for it like he was like we're like PPA is not gonna help you no, <laughs> like, dude. Okay, thanks, I got a courtesy toe back in it was like mid-November or so and um so they were doing there was like a power outage and it wasn't my grit so I, I don't know if you guys know how electricity works yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all, all grits. <laughs> And if one grid goes out, that whole, you know, that whole city grid, like all the power's out. I was luckily on the wrong side of the street. So Mm. my power's on, but the grid next to me was off. So like a hundred feet, those, none of those condos or apartment complexes, they had no, no power. Um, So they towed my car. It was, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I go to the, and this is on, you know, where uh, the dark night was filmed when they do the the garbage truck scene. Yeah. There's an impound lot down there. And it's called Lower Wacker Drive. You lose all cell phone service, all GPS service. It's like it's like hell on earth. It's Sounds awful place. Terrible. It's all the homeless people sleep in. It's just a brutal place in the city. So I so I look up like I I, I like Googled like car towed service blah blah blah. Uh, I typed in my license plate. It said it got towed. So I get to the uh, the tow place. I had to take an Uber there, and um, I start, I start talking to him. I'm like, yeah, my car got towed here to pick it up. I'm like, all right, this is going to be easy 200 bucks. Like just because for no fault of my own, the fucking oh, power was across the street and they couldn't find my car. So <laughs> I'm like telling them like my car's literally right outside. I saw it when I drove up and they're like, no, you didn't because it's not here. I'm like, yes, it fucking is. So <laughs> finally I explained, I'm like, there is a power. And, and they're like, oh, oh, that wasn't, we're not towing you. Like you're not impounded. You're good to go. You can leave. And they wrote in like permanent marker on the window like yeah. whatever told oh. shit. I have not gotten it off yet. I have oh used my like God. ice scrapers. I've used quarters. I've used Brillo pads. It's all the letters are still on my window. <laughs> all right. So that was on the list, off the list. Great fucking picks this week. Let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to before we go into our, uh, into our interviews. I'll go first, then Allie, then Dave. My first one is Kesha. And the Eagles of Death Metal doing the song Let Them Talk. Kesha's fucking extremely underrated. I love the Eagles of Death Metal. Shout out to Josh Hame. Shout out to Queen of the Stone Age. Amazing song. Kesha's the shit. Let Them Talk by Kesha and Eagles of Death Metal. Allie, what's your first one? Um, Alaska by Maggie Rogers. Um, and because I'm sorry. Maggie Rogers. Maggie oh, my Rogers. God. Do you not know Maggie Rogers? I don't believe so, no. Oh, you're about uh, to be in for something. So there's a bit, and this is why I've been listening to her because this video came across my feed the other day, but Pharrell was a guest speaker at one of her NYU classes and she sat down and showed him a demo of her song, Alaska. And he sat there and at the end of it, he looked at her and he's like, I have no notes. Like he had nothing to say because it was so good. Um, so yeah, that video like came up on my feed. It's, it's like gives me chills every time I yeah, watch and it. Then he, and then he signed her and then he yeah, fucking blew yeah, her up. Yeah. Dude, Maggie Rogers is unfucking believable yeah. Great. Play. I got to see her at South by. She was like such an angel. Like, I just, she's so good. Yeah. She's a monster, dude. All right, Dave, what's your first pick? Uh, I went with Sticky Fingers, my favorite Ooh. Stones album. And I was going to ask you, what are, what's your guys' favorite Stone songs? My favorite Stone songs. Holy shit. I know a, that's a that's a tough that's question. A like t- asking, that's a tall that order. Is a yeah. Tough. Uh Midnight Rambler. Uh hold on, I'll keep going. Uh <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is a tough well, Sticky Fingers has Can't You Hear Me Knocking, Brown yep. Sugar. Uh my God, Wild Horses is on that record. That's my favorite Stone song, and there's not a close second. I think that's it's a, a great one of the prettiest song. songs ever written. I don't even I mean, I, I do know what it's about. You can obviously use context, yeah. clues, but um, like I, I like slower songs like that. Yeah. And 
that song like it just moves me every time and it's my favorite like i'm shit-faced at like one in the morning i'm playing the stones i'm playing wild horses my favorite slower stone song is on that album it's dead flowers is one of my favorite. such a good song favorite such a good song great lines in that song all right uh my second pick is oldie by odd future i've been on a weird odd future kick this week uh it reminds me of like senior summer down the shore like 2010 2011 uh tyro the creator earl sweatshirt Genesis, fucking frank ocean before he was frank ocean just like a 10 minute posse cut reminds me of wu-tang shouts out odd future shouts out tyler oldie uh ellie what's your second pick um beyond by leon bridges oh yeah. let's go that is just a pretty song like, it's yep. just pretty it's so calming to listen to i like play it when the snow when it's like snowing um good call anything leon bridges though he's he's amazing got the log going oh the <laughs> yeah. sitting around the fire leon bridges is a fucking man dude i love leon bridges. that's a great pick ellie uh yeah. dave your second pick um, so I just had sticky fingers in general. So a wild horses is my favorite, but I love when it goes from wild horses to can't you hear me knocking? Cause that's mm. how it goes on the, on the album. So it goes to like an awesome fucking, um, don't, 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 don't I, I can't do it. I can't, it's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't verbalize music like a beat similar to how mm. you can't do accents, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but a bump, 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 you know, and yeah. it's, it's going from, like the slow and the like pretty lyrics to can't you hear me knocking. It's just awesome. Every time I think of that song, I think of uh good fellas. I, well, mm-hmm. a lot of stone songs. I think about Martin Scorsese movies. Cause he yeah, always, he, he, he uses uh what, what fucking song? Give me shelter. Yeah, he, he uses, uses give me shelter. In like every, yeah, every time, every like He's, classic Scorsese movie. I mean, God damn it. That's just such a great fucking record. Shouts out to Rolling Stones. Let's get Mick Jagger on here. Let's get fucking Keith Richards. Okay. I see this. I'm pissed because I never saw them live. And Me so I live in Lincoln Park right on the north side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I follow him on Instagram and he took a picture on a bridge. Um, and someone else took the picture. It was like kind of posed. And it's got the best view of the city right from the north side along the beach. And there's like this little bridge where it's overlooking a pond in Lincoln Park. It's like kind of like a central park of New York City. And um, I was like, holy shit, dude. Mick Jagger, if he took that picture like two minutes ago, is within a 10 minute walk of me as we speak. So I was thinking about like going to hunt him down and shit. Uh, just like I as always, a crazy fan. <laughs> I always wonder what it would be like to meet Mick Jagger. Cause like, what the fuck do you even talk to Mick Jagger? About? What would you have Dude, to he's say He's one to him? of those guys. You, you know, just what would he dive bar and you just lob questions to. What, I mean, what would he you have to say him, to me? He's been living this life since 1963 of being Mick fucking Jagger. Yep. Like, what life experience? I've played some really cool shows, but what fucking life experience can I talk to Mick Jagger about? I couldn't be like, man, you know, fucking electricity bill is pretty high this month. He'd be like, <laughs> no. He's. Like, have you ever seen the John Mulaney thing where he's talking about when oh, he, yeah. met, he met Mick Jagger? Uh, he was working on Saturday Night Live, and he was like, he's like, talking to Mick Jagger is so weird because, like, I was trying to talk to about this sketch that he was in and he doesn't talk in sentences he just says what he wants he just went no no yes like Mick Jagger <laughs> just gets what Mick Jagger wants what the fuck can I say to Mick Jagger like I would just be in awe like he's- Allie can I ask you a question is he good looking yeah. I can't tell if he's super good looking or super ugly that makes him good wait looking. who are we talking about John Mulaney or Mick Jagger no Mick Jagger I think back in the day he was super good looking. That's what I'm saying. Now well, he's- back in the day oh obviously wrinkled. he's like 100 years old now but he's been around the ringer <laughs> I don't. No, I, I think back in the day he was super attractive. See, I don't get that because he looked like he weighed like forty five pounds. He did look like that. Yeah. 
but he just has that. He's got, he's got that swagger. He's got, yeah, he's, yeah, got yeah, the, he's got the move moves like Jagger, he's got, dude. He's got yep. the moves like Jagger. All right, so that was uh, what the fuck we would listen to this week. We're going to our first interview with the director of brand experience for Gibson Guitars, Mr. Mark Agnesi, and then we're going to follow it up. Being kind of the chief storyteller is uh, my role, and whether that's done through uh, content on Gibson TV, whether that's done at my new uh, uh, project I've been working on for the last year is the Gibson Garage, which is just about ready. Um, there's that's a, national, a lot that's of different national, ways. Right? Yeah, the Gibson Garage uh, is going to be in downtown Nashville. Uh, very exciting. It's it, when people see that, my job will make more sense. But it's one of those things <laughs> I couldn't talk about for the first, you know, year and a half I was there. Uh, but the cat's kind of out of the bag now, and uh, we're getting really, really close. COVID uh, uh, pandemic has uh, made this very, very difficult, and it's still kind of a moving target as to when. Uh, when people are going to be able to come see it, but uh, it's almost done and it's, it's spectacular. It's, it's my 13 year old guitar nerd, <laughs> every fantasy I've ever had in my life. I got to, to, to put into this place and it turned out exactly how I envisioned it. So what has Nashville and music city been like throughout this pandemic and your experience and just as a whole? I mean, it's weird because it's such a live music town, right? You know, like, you can't walk by a place without hearing a band play at like any time of day. Fact. Um, so that is, uh, that's weird. It's also a big bachelorette party town. And oh, like yeah. usually every three to five minutes of like a party bus with Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman is on and a bunch <laughs> of girls screaming. So that noise in the city's kind of been gone. Dude, but I was there. I was there in October because I, I write for CSAC, and uh, yeah. most of our label people that we work with are out of Nashville. It's like my second home. I'm there pretty much constantly, yeah. and I've only been there once this year. And when I tell you, not seeing the bachelorette parties was the weirdest part. I, I there's been so many times we've been playing shows at either like Twelfth and Porter or yeah. like the Family Wash or the fucking basement, and just outside is like a flatbed like hay truck with like a bunch of bachelorettes out the back, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here, but. I will say, because most of your time that you've spent in Nashville, you've been there for what, like a year and a half now? Uh, June will be two years, yeah, since I officially moved. I started flying, I was flying back and forth between LA and Nashville every week for the first three or four months, but uh, my two-year anniversary is like in a couple weeks. I think Colin knows more about you than you know about you. Listen, I told you, I'm a fucking fan. This is like a thing where I'm fucking excited. That's awesome, thank you. Well, I also know a lot about the Nashville scene. I know Gibson works out of Nashville, and it, it's it's been fun for me to watch the brand kind of become what it's coming. I don't want to say becoming or coming back to, but I remember when you started taking over and you started going in, there was kind of this return to a traditional aspect. You want because a lot of people were talking about it's been a big thing, like the self tuning, like tuning locks yeah. and all that shit. And was that like a goal of yours when you got brought on that you wanted to kind of bring back what Gibson is? Well, for starters. All of that had been set in motion uh, before uh, I joined because uh, mm-hmm. the, they took over in November. I joined in early part of March. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I can take absolutely no credit uh, for any of that. But yeah, I mean, where it had gotten to before the bankruptcy was this weird uh, previous management had this thing like with cars where they wanted model years. And every year there was a new model year of the thing. And it's like, if, if someone just wanted to buy a Les Paul standard, yeah, 
who knows what the Les Paul standard is going to be this year. So uh, originally we set out to, to kind of create two collections and we've kind of done that across all the brands. Now right. there's the original collection and a modern collection. And in the original collection, you don't mess with it. Nope. You want to buy a standard. It's a, it's a Les Paul standard. You know, do you like a fifties neck? Do you like a sixties neck? Exactly. You want junior, you want a special, you want SG junior, SG special, SG, you know, it's that. And, but then having a modern collection kind of gives us the freedom to, to do other things and, and right. call it modern and, and, and for people who want that, they know what they're getting and people who just want a standard and can go buy a standard and it's, it's going to be heavy. Uh, it's not weight relieved and it's gonna, you know, it's, it's gonna sound like a Les Paul. With a brand like Gibson and you think about, you don't need to mess with it. It's if I want a gold top Les Paul, I know exactly what I want. Yeah. And there, there's been, it's, and that's not, not just Gibson. Like I remember I, I brought this up on the latest episode, but I had a, a strat. It was a Mexican strat when I was a kid that had humbuckers in it. And it always freaks me out to look at because a fucking strat has three single coils across the body. It's, it's just how it should be. Yeah. You know, we, we get uh, flack for being kind of caught in the past a lot, which I understand. There's a lot of, there's a lot of history there to get caught up in, but if, if you just make the classics right, now we can innovate in that, that modern collection and, and try and do some new things without, without offending the people like myself. Because, you know, personally, I, I, I'm, I'm not a modern I'm not, I'm not modern, either, bro. bro. <laughs> I'm not like, either. I, just, I, I want the ones that I can't afford or the closest, you know, the closest representation of those vintage guitars that I just are out of reach, you know. That's, you know, that's I, what I play. I see some beautiful guitars behind you. And this is one of the, like, the questions I've written down. As somebody who has lived and died on vintage guitars and knowing the history, is there one that you don't own that you would just absolutely do anything to get? Mm. I, I move stuff around a lot. Mm. So I'm always buying them and I keep them for a little bit and I find something new and I get, you know, I've owned pretty much everything at some point that I want. Um, but there's always something. Um, I want a Carina Explorer. Ooh. I want a Carina Modern from the, those came out in like the early eighties when I was, I was going to say that's I've an eighties guitar right there. I've got the V. Uh, I'd like to have a Carina set, uh, would be cool. But you know, there, I want them all. <laughs> I was, yeah. if you're a collector you're never satisfied there's always going to be something all. out there it's yeah and it's like part of my gig and if i keep keep doing this for the rest of my life i feel like at a certain point i'll pretty much now I'll talk, all. talk to me about all right so as colin's saying like i don't know the first thing about the music industry or guitars in general <laughs> talk to me what makes i don't even remember what you just like the guitar model you just said that you haven't had yet that you want um but what's the difference between like a $15,000 guitar and the $300 guitar that I have? Ooh. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that's, that's different. Um, you know, when we're talking about the really crazy expensive stuff, we're talking about vintage guitars, which then you get, you know, this is my old business when I was at Norm's with vintage right. guitar. There's a, a finite supply and then with the ones that people really, really want, there's a very, very finite supply. So like we're talking about Karina Flying Vs. When those shipped in 1958, we made 81 of them. Jesus. So there's 81 of these guitars that literally every guitar nut collector in the world wants to own one. And then, you know, 
you can do the supply and demand of curve on that. Um, 59 Les Pauls or Sunburst Les Pauls in general, 58, 59, 60, when we made those, there's about 16, 1700 total. That's unbelievable. Everybody, that's the dream, holy grail guitar to own. Again, you can, you can do the math on that. Yep. So it's a, there, there's a, there's a rarity element to it. And then you factor on condition and originality onto that. So you got a 59 Les Paul that somebody put a Bigsby on, now it's got holes in it, mm. or if someone knocked it off a stand and it got the headstock broken, now it's repaired, or someone took the PAFs out of it and put different humbuckers in it, now it's kind of not the whole, you know, so then they kind of go on a grading scale of what they're worth. On newer guitars, biggest thing is where is it made? Yep. You know, Gibson only makes guitars in America, and we are proud of that we're we're not going to change that you're never going to see an overseas gibson guitar or a guitar that says gibson on the head and that, it's just not that, that's why we have epiphone exactly and and you know where there's other brands that kind of just put the brand name on anything that they make regardless of where it, it's made and and it kind of dilutes right waters the, it down. yeah the brand of of what it was you know uh, Gibson for 127 years has been made in America and I'll be damned if, uh, if for the next 127 years, it's not the same. I so, love the fact that you could take that stand being that you're working there now and you're like, I, I'm going to make sure that this shit no, doesn't I, happen. We're all going to make sure of that. I mean, it's, it's, there's no reason for, for us to take the brand uh, anywhere outside of the United States, especially when we have another incredible brand like Epiphone exactly it's doing that but what's really cool is we're starting to make usa made epiphones again oh that's we're awesome all super stoked about because it is the other one of the other great american guitar companies actually older than gibson you Look, know man, before, I, I have a, a casino that i've been playing for years i fucking love that casino with the two big fat p90s in it it's, it's mean and this is one thing we've been having a conversation on the podcast is the conversation we just had is a different language to people like dave it is, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't have any fucking clue what a humbucker is. <laughs> We're going to get you there eventually. We'll get there. We'll get there. Exactly. We'll get there. But the thing for me is, this is in your blood. It's very obvious. At what point did you know that guitars were your life? Like, was there a point, like, when you were a kid, and you're like, this is what I am going to commit myself to? I think before I even started playing. Really? I was just into it as a kid. Um, yeah, I came from not a musical family, but a, a music industry you know family my dad worked in radio and stuff now i'm the first person in my family to actually pick up an instrument but like i, I grew up around it i went to a lot of shows as a kid uh i was obsessed with rock stars as as a very with the way that kids are obsessed you know with sports yeah. stars and like i was like dude tommy lee dude eddie van halen yeah, like i was watching you know music videos going like that there's chicks around and these guys are cool. <laughs> and like, that's what I, that's what I want to do. And um, so, you know, I used to go to the music store once a week and stare at stuff as a kid and probably piss everybody off who worked there. And it got to the point where I think my dad finally bought me one. Cause I, I just wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> and, and I still haven't, you know, and it's worked out. And I think too, like, so, all right. So from a young age, what were the records in the beginning that for you sparked your love of the guitar? Because you're a guitar player as well. 
It's not just that you work in it. You live it. Yeah. You can play the guitar. What were the first records to you that like really sparked the interest? When I was a, a really, really young, uh, Girls, Girls, Girls by Molly Crew. Love mm. uh, I had on vinyl because my okay. dad, you know, I used to, my dad would bring stuff home from the radio station, promo copies and stuff. And I had Girls, Girls, Girls on vinyl. And if you heard Girls, Girls, Girls at the beginning, it's got like the motorcycle revs oh, and yeah. stuff. Room. And I had my older brother dub the vinyl onto cassette tape. And I had the cassette tape in my little portable cassette player that I would hang on the handlebars of my big wheel. And I would yeah. play Girls, Girls, Girls and ride my big wheel around the neighborhood when I was probably like three years old, probably freaked out. <laughs> but like, that's how young it started. And, and yeah. uh, God, Poison. My dad brought home this Poison music video VHS tape of all their videos. And uh, I think it's the song Talk Dirty to Me. It starts with this pan of like 600 BC Rich guitars uh, with Fifi DeVille at the end. I was like, oh my God, that's it. But I think the first time I heard Van Halen won, my dad, my dad played, he's like, you need to hear this. And he played Eruption for me, which I, I don't think it even registered um, what it was I was listening to. And then as soon as Eruption ends, it goes into You Really Got Me. Oh, yeah. And as soon as I heard, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that guitar tone to me will always be what rock and roll electric guitar is supposed to sound like. And it's the, the, it's the sound I still chase to this day. Every day. Trying, like, and, 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 and buy more shit to try and get <laughs> closer and tweak it and, and do all this kind of stuff. But for me, like that guitar sound of Van Halen 1 was like it's never it's never gotten any better than that for me so i got two things for you on that one i've interviewed yeah. a ton of celebrities athletes all sorts of people like some a-listers even and that little uh, that little like that little i don't want to call it a rant but that little story right there was the first time i've ever gotten chills because I'm just, I'm just like imagining myself as a little kid because I love music. I just don't know the first thing about playing music or the music industry. And that eruption going into You Really Got Me is mm -hmm. it just sent a chill down my spine. So thank you for that. And two, Van Halen yeah. to this day is the best concert I've ever been to. And I don't think there will be an another better one. I'm glad I got to see him. Yeah. I never got to see Van Halen. Oh, my I'm, God. Were they good? I'm disappointed in that. They were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Best concert I've ever seen. I saw him on the Balance Tour, which was probably 93 or 94. I was like maybe 10, 11 years old. Um, and I, I got to go backstage before the show and I, I met Eddie and I got my picture taken with Eddie. And it's like, that was kind of the turning point, I think, for me mm. as a kid. Like, uh, after that, it was like I went home the next day with like a purpose, you know, after after getting to meet my hero and then getting to watch him and, and watch him do it. It was like, all right, I got work to do. And uh, that became, you know, my obsession four or five hours a day when I wasn't at school. Man, I, I started at a young age, too. Uh, I was like eight and we lived across the street from a music store in Northeast Philadelphia and just walking, you talking about walking in there and looking at shit and annoying people. Yeah. Like I know the guy to this day who owned the store and he still like, will bring up to me every time I see him, he'd be like, 
you were like fucking eight, just walking around by yourself in the music store and never bought a goddamn thing. And I was like, nope, didn't didn't have any money. I was eight, so fuck you. But we've talked about what influenced you then. What today? Is there any guitar players? Because I see you do you do work with Nick Perry, who is the Philly guy. He's Nick's your Philly boy right there. That's yeah. Philly boy. We've talked about having him on the podcast, actually. Nick's a fucking great guy, great guitar player. Who else interests you? Because I know Gary Clark always has the yellow SGs in his hands now. And who is who are you interested in as guitar players today? Um, Nick, I think, is, is, is fantastic. Um, Marcus King. Ooh. Marcus King's nasty. 335 uh, all day. Yeah. Love me some Marcus King. Uh, Tyler Bryant, yep, fantastic, and Graham Whitford from his band as well, both killer, killer guitar players. Um, man, there's so many. Mrs. Smith. Uh, oh, no. oh, you gotta look up Mrs. Oh, Smith. There we go. I've got my, I've got put on today. I'm happy. Yes, Mrs. Smith is uh, one of my favorites. Um, I had her on my old. Uh, show on uh, before I joined Gibson at around that that's how the whole wah there was the wah off between Kirk Hammett and Mrs. Smith um, that we ended up pulling off last year that was actually the last show I was at uh, before COVID it was uh, the wedding band which is you know Kirk and and Rob Trujillo and a couple other guys and then they did the the wah off that was the last show I was at in March of last year and everyone was freaking out about me flying out there to to do it because it was like right as things were getting bad dude we were on tour when that happened and we had to like leave tour to go home in the middle of all that shit so yeah i miss it but we'll i digress we'll get past that well so we're talking about modern times right and you've been an early adapter of of using the social media platforms to kind of garner attention for the guitar world and so as like a traditional company and, and you're keeping the traditional values, like what's the, what's the game plan like on Gibson's side of attracting younger and like new guitar players to Gibson? Well, part of Gibson TV not being product focused, mm. which most manufacturers, the content that they make is all product demos. It's specs and stock and stock. Yeah, stuff. And, and I didn't want to do that. And, you know, when I started talking to Gibson about content, it's like, I want to make a bunch of shows that have really nothing to do with the guitars at all, but have to do with guitar culture. I mean, I, 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 I treat Gibson TV like a real television network. And people laugh at me for that. Cause they're like, it's a YouTube channel. It's like, yeah, it is right now. But exactly. Uh, you know, it is right now. It's humble still. It ain't going to be humble in a few more years. But um, I want to make shows that people that really don't care about guitars, like, or don't know, they care about yeah. it, but they don't know about it. You're yep. talking to them right here. I want to create content. I would that eat that shit off. They want to watch that might inspire them to go pick up a exactly. guitar. Exactly. So let's cast this wide net of. of music and guitar culture and and bringing some people on the fringe that that don't care if it's if it's maple or mahogany or rosewood or ebony and Mm -hmm. and get them into the fold here and get them talking about it and get them familiar with the brand and tell the story of the brand through that and 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 hopefully we start to to bring in not even just younger people but just people on the fringe exactly we just launched the gibson app which has this cool augmented reality learning platform built into it 
which is kind of like playing a video game, but you're actually learning how to play um, and kind of grows with you and gives you feedback in real time and stuff. So, I mean, we got, uh, we got a lot of things to try and groom the next generation um, of guitar players. But from what we're finding, the next generation isn't just the kids. You know, yes. more people right now are picking up a guitar for the first time than in the last 10 years combined, probably. I bought well, a guitar solely because of COVID because I was bored of shit. And you're not alone. You know, you're not alone. Mark, uh, I have the perfect guinea pig for the Gibson app and the virtual reality learning. He's a 32-year-old man from Chicago, Illinois, who happens to work for Barstool Sports, who's learning how to play the guitar. His name oh. is Dave Williams, and he's sitting right the fuck there. Yeah, dude, we're going to get you hooked up. There we go. I That's what I'm talking it. about. I fucking love it. So yeah. I think even on that, right? So Dave is one of these fringe people who's learning with a giant audience. In his case, where he's a learning guitar player, someone who's coming in, we've talked a lot about vintage guitars and at Gibson, like, what guitar would you put in his hands as the first thing he would start playing? Awesome question. Thank you. Took the words right out of my oh, mouth. Let me think. Probably an SG. Fuck yes. Just because it's, it's, it's thin and it's comfortable and it's got a thinner neck and they're lightweight and you don't have to fight it very much. You know, oh, once you get into the 335s and stuff, you know, you got to kind of know what you're doing a little bit to, to start to maneuver. I wouldn't want somebody to probably learn on that guitar. You know? I was going to say a junior at first, and then I thought about the P90, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to learn on that. That's too, much, that's too much horsepower to learn on. Yeah, but, but something like an SG, you pick the flavor, but I think SG is probably a great body style for, for people to learn on. Just because you don't got to fight it any more than you already are fighting it, you know? You have a Vox behind you. I see a Fender amp behind you. I see another Fender amp. What do you play generally amp-wise? What's your amp of choice? Um, that Marshall is probably my go-to. Yeah. Um, this I just got, and it's kind of becoming like my new go-to, uh, which is a, a Amplified Nation Wonderland Overdrive. It's like kind of a Dumble, like oh, a Dumble, Dumble okay. Overdrive Special uh, kind of clone. But that and the Marshall together sound like Satan. It's, it's, <laughs> we, it sounds satanic. Our yeah. last tour, I split, because we have two guitar players in the band, and I split a like a small 100-watt Marshall, and I have a 410 DeVille Deluxe that I have beat to fucking shit, but I love it to death. That was Satan. That was if Dave, I've shared that video of us opening for Bon Jovi, and mm -hmm. I split those two on stage, and in the fucking stadium, it sounded like... I don't even know how to describe it. It was fucking gorgeous, but I digress. The one Gibson TV show that I host, The Collection, I, mm. I fought to make sure that we show all brands. Beautiful. On that show, even though it's on Gibson TV. Like, like if, dude, if somebody's got black art tallies or custom color strats, Pearl Top Martins and shit, like, dude, I want to see that. And, and people want to see that. We would be doing such a huge uh, disservice to not, to, to, to not show all that other cool stuff. It, I, there's no competition uh that you know it, it's people think all sorts of different things about it but it's like i man like a cool guitar is a cool guitar and if it's cool i, I want to see it and i want everybody else to see it too you don't go from being a collector to not being a collector in that short amount of time you love guitars that's exactly what you're gonna do yeah i, I want them all man i think like to kind of cap this off uh and thank you again for, for doing this because we we i've truly enjoyed this, this has been I fucking enlightening oh yeah man 
this is just a personal question because I followed it norms and I fucking loved it. But who was the biggest name to ever walk in there and you sold them something? Oh, that I dude, there's a lot. Um, my favorite always Tom Petty. Oh, I got man. wildflowers inserts sitting right behind me right here. Oh, dude, the wildflowers J two hundred is shipping soon. Really? That one is very very close to uh, my heart. That guitar. Um, I think a hundred of them worldwide, um, and they're. They're stupid, but no, Tom, Tom was always uh, really special to deal with, and I dealt with him a lot, um, and has some, some cool memories of, of dealing with Tom, but I mean, everybody came in there I know. at some point, but Tom was always my, whenever we knew Tom was coming by, everybody would get excited. You How know? could you not? Just, I mean, he's just the fucking coolest guy that you ever met, and you always felt a little cooler, you know, after hanging out with him. I, I can't say that any better because Tom Petty is the fucking man and rest in peace. I, I'm going to go spin wildflowers after this, but yeah. Dave, do you have anything else for Mark? I I'm good. I like, I took a back seat right there. Cause I was just listening to you guys nerd out, but thank you for coming on. I learned a lot, honestly, right. Just hearing you guys nerd out. So appreciate everything about it. And um, obviously like you, you are leading the charge for like the, the a one of guitar making and it's awesome to see so thank you yeah i appreciate that thank you guys for having me everybody go pick up a gibson guitar check out gibson tv if you're learning use the virtual reality on the on the gibson app yep. and check out mark on social media he's always a fun follow so mark thank you very much man guys thank you so much for having me all right, so that was our interview with the man, Mr. Mark Agnesi. Great guy. Dave's not wrong. I really did fan out pretty fucking hard. In that yeah, you found out. That's fine. Uh, he rolled with it really cool. Like, that's a like that's my kind of guy right there. Oh yeah. Like he he's the kind of guy. Like obviously he he's he's worked his way up, which is something that I appreciate. It's just it, it, like as a like as as a personality trader, as a as as a human trait in general. So yeah. I, uh, I really, really enjoy listening to him talk and really cool dude. And I uh, can't wait until he sends me like some $20,000 Gibson guitar. I was to say, I want to do more with Gibson and we'll get into that later. That, that is Gibson guitars are the fucking standard. Let's not lie. Gibson guitars are the fucking standard. It's a brand. It's Apple. It's fucking Macintosh. It's, it's McDonald's. It's Chevrolet. It's yep. Gibson. So uh, before we get into our final interview, our pick of the week, Middle Class Dream by Joe P. Let's just kind of catch up to where we are. So we're five episodes in. We got Allie sending booking emails. Allie's out here fucking doing her job. Dave's learned how to play the guitar. We're pumping out episode by episode. We have some unbelievable guests coming up. David, looking at it now, how long until you think we get you on camera just fucking ripping a solo? Like, I want to get you in a room with us. I'm not going to put a, a time frame on it, but... <laughs> I can't wait because like I told you like the, the whole story, how I ran the marathon, like I, yeah. I was challenged to it. And the whole fact that I was challenged to it was like, I did it not as like a health reason. I did it as a fuck you petty reason a spite to reason. my asshole friends. Yeah. Cause I love right. spite. Um, so one day you're just going to be scrolling through Twitter, like on the can or something. And you're going to see, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there and I'm just going to be sitting in front of the camera and just like shred apart a guitar and yeah. you're going to see it. And it's going to come out of nowhere. And it might be, you know, a couple months down the road. It might be six months down the road. I don't know, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. The, the number one thing I think we need to do, 
is because for anybody listening who's not aware, I'm in Philadelphia. Allie's in Philadelphia. Dave's in Chicago. Me and Dave need to get in a fucking room. Yeah, we do. It's that'll and, happen soon. I mean, like I follow the coronavirus trends like crazy, and mm-hmm. uh, yesterday we had our, our best day in in months and months and months. I did um, see in that in terms of deaths. Uh, obviously, no death is good, but no death. Um, is good, they yeah. are going down big time compared to what it was a month to two months ago. We are having like six thousand deaths a day, and now they're under a thousand again. Well, thank God. Oh, wow. Yo, yeah. shout, shout out to everybody who worked on the vaccine because that's just oh yeah, be this, Fuck that's yeah. gonna be this moment in human history where like that was legitimately one of the most amazing things we'll ever see. Mm-hmm. And luckily enough, in the band, Ken has been vaccinated, and so is Jimmy now. Uh, Allie, have you been able to get the the vaccine yet? Nah, I, I haven't either. I'm like back I'm of the line, but I don't care. Is. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually I'm, eligible right now, but it's important. Are you? Yeah, because uh, media is considered essential. Mm, I, I think personally, I would gladly take it because I know for a fact that to get back to playing shows, we're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that could use it in front of me first. Right, yeah. exactly. Get Let's get, you know, that portion of the population vaccinated, and then we can start to live a lot more normal I as mean, we vaccinate the rest of the world. Number one on the list should be Anina Budney, my mother. Uh, she's a frontline worker. She is a nurse at Holy Redeemer Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She would have it, but she had COVID like two months ago. So she has to wait until the antibodies are out of her system. But yep. shouts out to everybody who's gotten the vaccine so far. Shouts out to everybody who's been on the front lines doing their job. And man, I can't wait to get in a fucking room together and just make some fucking noise. And I, I know can't Allie wait can't it. wait too, because Allie, Allie, tell me we haven't had some great fucking times at shows. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm front, <laughs> I'm front row at like most of your shows. Like, the, the best out. part is we we can play something that nobody's ever heard before, but Allie's heard it before because yeah. we'll play it for it. We have this one song called Secondhand Sorrow, which has not been released yet, but we play it a lot of shows. And I can always hear Allie screaming the words from like side of the stage, like right in front of the stage. Like you and Scarlett in the front of the stage just screaming the words to a song that nobody knows yet. So that's my favorite uh, one. I need you guys to get on that. Let's get it out there. Personally, guys, just from being one of the three members of this team right now, I'm very proud of us. I'm excited for the future. Um, I think this podcast is something special, and I really think we have something moving in the right direction. And I'm just excited to get Dave and Allie and everybody in the same room together. Yeah, yeah, and, and fucking, everybody. Yeah, we'll even put the band in there. I might even fucking make let Eric come in. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I don't know who Eric is, but it sounds like I would get Eric. Well, so you don't you don't know people you don't know people by name yet because like Eric was the guy who was with me on the last episode. That oh, was my yeah. cousin. Okay, never mind. My never cousin. Mind, yeah. No, I was gonna say, but like you don't know people by name yet, so right. like, you haven't been in a room with everybody. You know Ken because Ken's done like multiple episodes. Right. I, I I know Ken's face and name. Yeah. So, but when you meet Jimmy, Jimmy's a fucking character. Oh, Jimmy get to me is, on the next episode. Jimmy's a mom. Jimmy's Jimmy's like a Philadelphia cartoon character. Is the way I like to put Aww. it. Jimmy's like <laughs> if you were to like picture like a. Fishtown, it would be like kind of like the South Side kind of an idea of, mm-hmm. of Philadelphia. Jimmy's like your your classic, yo, babe, what's up, dude? He's that kind of a guy. And then there's Erica, who is the queen. We don't mess queen. with her. Uh, she's the queen, fucking queen. Erica. Uh, Erica's a fucking monster. Erica's in her own lane. We don't even make Erica do the podcast because if Erica says she doesn't want to do the podcast, it's like understood. We don't. We Erica does what Erica <laughs> wants. Like that's totally fine. Um, and then there's there's Will who Will will be on next week's episode. I can now say who's on next week's episode. We have Corey Wong from Wolfpack, which is just awesome. unfucking believable. Huge. 
uh, Will has played with Corey before in concert. Will is the genius of the group, I would say. He's the smartest person ever. He is. Oh, my God. Will, out of all of us, like, in the group, like, a lot of us are, like, Philly dickheads is how I would label us. Like, Will. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean then. Will is, like, the head of. Will has his head on his shoulders. Like, if we're going to do something, like, say we're on tour and Allie's not paying attention to us and we're like, yo, we should go fucking chug that bottle of tequila. And Will will be like, mm, I'm not Maybe sure not. if that's the right move to do, guys. That's like, Will, why I love Will. Yeah. I love Will. <laughs> <laughs> like, in, the, in, the, in the, the process of a band, like, I'm, I'm the crazy one who has all the ideas. Eric is the stoner uh ken is the go with the flow guy erica is like the talent jimmy is the <laughs> i don't know how to describe jimmy jimmy <laughs> jimmy in the past has been like the wild card and then will is the genius like will is the brains of the it's a good it's a good uh it's a good mesh there you got we have a good mix good, i'm sure barstool yeah, chicago has that kind of as well who yeah, would be we, your wild card I would be the wild card for sure. You would be the wild card? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Who they would be the brains? They wouldn't even hesitate before calling me the wild card either. Who's the brains of Barstow Chicago? Um, Carl, by far and away, is like the most book smart by, by far. Mm. There's not a close second. Like, he's absurdly smart. Yeah. Um, Chief is, I would say, the most well-rounded. Like, he, he's the head-on-his-shoulders guy. Uh, Eddie's mm. kind of go with the flow, laid back. Um, I see that. And then I would say I am the wild. I like to have a good time, and I like to be spontaneous, you know? <laughs> Dave's the kind of guy that might set a fire at a party. You have so no idea. So he's never coming on tour with us, right? No, oh, no, that's, no, that's constantly. <laughs> See, that's the that's like, manager speaking right there. But, like, exactly. I'm just going to invite myself, like, backstage, and, like, <laughs> it, it'll great, be great. We're, No, we're taking fucking Dave on tour, and we're putting him on a leash. And, Allie, you can be the one holding the leash. <laughs> oh, that's good, how we'll do. okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. We give David dish like a bowl. Like they, they will, they, Allie will have the reins of the situation. So there you go. I've given you more responsibility now, Allie. There you go. Uh, that's just what she <laughs> needs, I'm sure. All right. I so that exactly. All right. So that's week five of on the guest list. We're gonna end it with our pick of the week, Joe P and his song Middle Class Dream. Come back next week. We have Corey Wong from Wolfpack. Next week's pick of the week. We have our friend Roberta Faceplant, Katie Feeney from the band You Do You. Yes! You know Katie, I love one of the Katie. most talented vocalist best friends in philadelphia she's unbelievable so that's next week let's end it up here with joe p all right ladies and gentlemen our pick of the week he's been a pick of the week before he's been a guest on the podcast he's a friend we've played shows together we got joe p on the podcast today joe first off hey, thank you for coming on how are you buddy good thank you for having me I'm very happy to have you here, dude. Uh, so our pick of the week is Middle Class Dream, which is a song that I absolutely fucking love. It's doing Everything you're doing is doing great. And the last time we had you on, it was very, very recently after your solo project launched. Yeah, you're how right. Have, yeah. How have things been? Great, man. I mean, it's it's been weird because of, you know, like COVID's obviously been happening and just been in this basement just like last time we talked. And uh, it's just been like weird and surreal how in the last I don't know six months I guess you could say like when the band broke up and I was just on my own I feel like I've done more um than I did with ever with the band and not as a knock to like days with the band I mean more in the sense of like I, I changed my whole mindset of how I want to do things I guess you know and in doing that it helped it just helped me get more music out or get more music done I should say because it takes me fucking forever to get music out but um <laughs> 
it, you know, it, it helped me just kind of like keep moving forward and not be afraid to do things. Cause mm. there was something about the band that there was definitely a feeling of, um, you know, I wanted to do it as a crew, like a group, you know what I mean? So now that it's just me, it's like, there's no one to tell me I have a manager, but even that, like, I, Pergo, really I, know who yeah, out the Pergo. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't, I tell him things, but I don't like a lot of times he's just like, Oh shit, you did this. And I'm like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, it's been just like no parents are home kind of thing. Mm. And I just, the house is a mess and it's awesome. You know, you, like that's my metaphor. You said something in that, that I was just talking about shortly before we came on with our co-host Dave to where I was saying, it's crazy to think that in the last year, so many people I've actually brought up deal casino as an example on the podcast of like bands that we loved who we're friends with who were doing great and just it was just the pandemic kind of set this on a course of where it was like okay we're going our separate ways like it's understandable yeah it, yeah. it is totally but yeah we changed our mindset too and I think a lot of this has been who can make lemons out of or lemonade out of lemons and who can totally. who can who can adapt and do things and part of your adaptation and part of our conversation, our overarching conversation on the podcast today has been about TikTok. And yeah. I've been open about my disdain for it previously. And mostly think that was just me, um, you know, being ignorant to it, but yeah. like to watch what you've done on it and the reach and the fan base that you've created through there and just the success and the opportunities you've gotten through it. Talk to me about the, the, the idea of like really taking TikTok as your Avenue. Yeah, I mean, that was an example of the good that came from being forced to, you know, be on my own and, you know, being in lockdown and stuff. It's like, there's all these things that were always there. And now that, every, but the, the issue or the difference now is that other things are removed. There's no mm. touring, there's no shows, yeah. there's nothing like that. There's no band. So literally it was like, I removed all these things and nothing else kind of came out of that. It was more just like, I was noticing different shit now. I'm like, oh, this stupid app that i'm like very against in the sense of like you know initially i was like i hate everything that that kind of thing stands for it's like same you know it just feels like a funnel that's going to force you to do something and sacrifice your art especially with music and it's like this doesn't make sense to make a 10 second video and i've worked on the song for a month you know yeah. it's just like how does that how does that work how does that translate and i just started not just kind of my whole new motto with when i started doing my own thing was just like don't think so hard about things, just do things that you feel like. And so I, mean, I made some videos of just like me playing in my kitchen and just strumming my guitar in my house, whatever. And it caught on in a way that people were like, oh, I love this, this is great. Or this song is so cool, whatever. Uh, release on Spotify, all that shit. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I looked at it and I was like, I still, I wanna hate this. I wanna hate TikTok. Yep. Let me look at it, why I should hate it. So I looked at it and I was like, wait, I'm doing, I made that video on my own. I made it on my terms. I did it the way I would do it. And it's my song and my lyrics and everything. I edited the video down to every bit of it. I did just like mm -hmm. how you make a song and I, or play a show. You decide what your live show is like, like all of that. And I realized in that moment that I was like, Oh, you can, it's, it's fine. It's about how you carry yourself. Yeah. You could, you could look at anything in a negative way. If how you do it is negative or how you do it is kind of like sell out or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, I felt like I wasn't, I felt like I could watch back what I did and go, oh, I'm just as proud of that as I am how I went about recording a song or playing a live show or giving an interview, whatever it is, you know? So I looked at it like I was the one making it this like demon of something. 
I think you and me, I think me and you are, are uh, about the same age. Cause I know the bands have kind of run concentrically. Yeah. And we, we were born in the early nineties. Correct. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So part of my thing was I know who I am. I know what I do and I know how I want to present things. And a, a big thing for yeah. me was like, all right, TikTok, like, let the kids have their thing. Like, that's cool, man. Like, that's cool. Like, sure, I'm, not, yeah. I'm out here to step on toes, and I'm sure as fuck not trying yeah. to be Steve Buscemi with the skateboard. Like, what's up, fellow youths? You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, we had a big fight in the studio amongst the band where we were like, they were like, do it. And I was like, you can fuck off. I am not doing that shit. And right. I came home, and I talked to my wife about it. My wife works in part of her job is uh, influencer marketing. Okay. And she looked at me, and she'd usually, you know, talk me through things. And she was like, Colin, if you don't do it, you're stupid. She was like, yeah. She was like, not only that, like, because I was like, Dana, like, what, what are you talking about? And she was like, it's aged up considerably during the the pandemic for one. Yeah, the, totally. the usership has gone fucking through the roof. And I thought about it, and like, I was like, clenched fist for a minute, where I was like, damn it, like now everybody's against me. And I was like, you know what? Let me just see what happens here. And I would say, like, my first like couple of days on the app, I was I was thrown for a fucking loop because I felt like a lot of shit that was getting pushed through my feed because I didn't have followers or following people was like hey you with no followers here's how you can grow your like i was like this whole yeah. algorithmic shit is wild to me and now that i've used right. it a little bit i would say it's probably my least favorite social media app right now but like i understand sure. the merits completely like i understand yes. from, like to watch what you do and the way that you utilize it your content for some reason just really resonates on that platform and i want to give you credit for that i think it's amazing thanks no problem it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy because it's just like uh, it's, it is right. There's all these algorithmic things that you can get into and you can get into, you know, what time should you post? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, like I said, I just have done so much shit of trying and trying to make a music video and putting a lot of effort into going away to record a record, all this shit. And I'm just so done with all that. Like Me I'm too, just man. so into just the way I write the best shit I can write is when I'm not thinking. And yeah. I just in 10 minutes throw up a bunch of stuff that I'm like, this is pretty good. And when I start analyzing it and thinking about it, I ruin it. So I think I'm doing that with everything. And I just said, okay, I'm, I'm doing that across the board. And like with TikTok, it's like, I, you know, I'll obviously like think about what I'm posting just the mm -hmm. way I think about anything, but it isn't so crazy. Like I literally, sometimes I'm just like, like today I was just like, I don't really feel like posting anything. So I posted like an old video that I've already posted, but that's, what's crazy about the app dude is like, I've posted shit. It didn't get any views and I posted the same video like a couple hours later and it worked and I deleted the first one I posted. So I'm weird. Like crazy. And I'm like, dude, that it's insane, you know, but like, you know, I, I think it's, it's crazy to me that I could sit in my basement and go, Hmm, I'm going to make a video. I'm going to go outside in the snow, play a song that I've recorded for 10 seconds and go back inside and work on the shit I was working on. So I do it on my phone, make a stupid video, edit it, which means just putting lyrics on it. Like, yeah. That's all. Thing. It takes me, yeah, it takes 20 minutes. It's nothing. And then upload it. Cool. Bunch of people start catching on to it, whatever. And it's like, dude, I've gotten all these followers in from a 10 second video. Took me probably 30 minutes of my life that I would ever have gotten from going on tour for four years. What what I re what crazy. I really find amazing about you and and there's certain songwriters that I, we've had this conversation previously but like there's certain songwriters that I envy the way that they write songs, and not like a, I disregard how I do it because I love the way that I do it. Yeah, I think when you're a songwriter, you look at other songwriters, and you're like, fuck, I wish I wrote that song. Yeah, always. Yeah, I, I yeah. told you that about Baby Teeth. I love that fucking song. Like, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I always want to write that song, but I digress. Yeah. When I say you do a great job of 
writing shit, but finding the right things to put online. Cause it, you, I don't know how to put this. Like you're very descriptive in the way you do things, but you're also very nonchalant in the way you do things. And it, it's a, it's a quality that I don't possess. Um, but let's talk about it's fighting in the car is the new song that's coming out, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the next one. Yeah. First off, fuck you, because that's genius. The, the the I I've been humming for weeks, and that once again comes from a clip. But when you see people saying like, "Yo, you need to drop this now," or Zane Lowe yeah. from fucking you know Apple yeah. Music, like, "Wow, this is Crazy. fucking dope." Where's your head at right now? Because there's a fervency to want to get. There was a there's a manager that like we worked with in the past who once said to me, "This was like five years ago." Was like. Who gives a fuck if Fox trying to get that puts an album out right now? How does it feel right, right now to know that like people are like, holy shit, I want to hear that new Joe Pig? Right, right. I mean, dude, I don't know. It's it's weird because I've never really had that before. Like, you know, I would say yeah. it's always, you know, we Deal Casino had a following for sure, yeah. but it was never big enough that it felt like, oh fuck, there's a shitload of people waiting. And now with TikTok, it feels like, oh cool, there's like a decent amount that I could like see visibly being like, come on, you know? Yeah. So that's really cool. And, but it, it's, I'm happy about how I handled it because it's like, I had the chance to let it fuck me up. And like, mm. when I, I've never uploaded anything in my life and within a day seen thousands of comments on it, you know it's what I mean? Insane. Like that's weird and not natural. Like that's, it's, I don't like it. I think it's bad for your brain. 100%. Oh, I totally um, agree. 150%. Not good. Really, really bad. Like I believe I I wish there was no such thing as comment sections in all social media. <laughs> Yo, you just missed our conversation last week. We were talking about this is the first time ever because we started putting clips from the podcast with with Dave and, and the barstool things involved now, and uh, yeah. people are commenting on YouTube videos, and I'm getting all these alerts that are like people. The thing is though, I've never I've always had people say good things, right? I've never had yeah. trolls who I'm right. entering this barstool world where there's trolls, and. Right. Uh, I keep getting these comments sent to my phone where it's like, yo, you fucking suck at this. Or it's like, oh, yeah. or it's like, yo, why the fuck do you keep talking over Chris Shiflett from the Foo Fighters? And I'm like, I don't know. It was a conversation. Like, but I find it kind of funny. Like I, I, I don't get offended. Like, sure. I think, I think musicians yeah. have a little bit tougher, tougher skin where I'm like, I don't know. It's sure. <laughs> it's what it is. No, but, but it's, it's the same shit. It's like, uh, and I do the same thing where if someone were to say something shitty, I would, I would go, ha ha ha, fuck you. No, you don't even know me. I don't know you. Like, whatever. But no matter what, as a human being, I'm oh, you also think about proud it. to say that it oh, hits yeah. you right in the soul. Oh, yeah. You know, so like, I think it's, I think it's just, uh, it comes with it. You know what I mean? Like, it, when someone does, like, dude, I've had some, some like girl was on commenting on the fighting the car shit and said, like, oh, um, it was just this thing I read. It said, like, oh, uh, that's cool. Like stealing riffs from other artists. Like that's cool. Oh, totally fine. That and I was like, wait, I, I was like, what are you talking about? And I, and I just, whenever people write bad shit, I have this funny like defense mechanism that I kind of like where like what you're saying, I make it funny, but I just like go overboard with it. So I, this girl said this and I just went off on this whole thing of like, um, I just said like, I wrote this song in Sparta, New Jersey at Joe C's house while Chris was on the drums and I was playing a Hawkner bait. Like I went, I just did like a stupid description. Yeah. And, and then she wrote like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's cool. Like I, ha it's not like I have the video saved or anything of the person who really wrote this. Like I'll, I'm ready to oh. drop it whenever and all this oh. shit. And I, and then, but then I realized in that moment that it was kind of nice because I realized in that moment it was physically impossible for her to have a video of anyone else playing that riff yeah. for me. 
so in that moment i was like oh cool like and it was an extreme where it's like dude people are willing to go this far just to right. do it so the little stuff now i see is like oh cool like they're really just fucking around and don't actually care it's, it's to me really like, crazy i have this thing in my own brain where i i think when you make things you're you're never the one to hop in a comment section like i i would never right. ever in my lifetime ever go onto somebody's youtube video and be like fuck you you suck like i Can't know what it's it, like yeah. to make things and in my yeah. mind the way i rationalize it is like these are people who don't make things or they they totally. just have a different mindset and it is what like i've had enough experience in my and maybe it's like the northeast philly catholic in me where i'm just like I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, fuck you. Like, but it is. Like, oh, yeah, it's definitely good that we're from, like, East Coast. Oh, 100%. Definitely. I, I'm not going to act like it doesn't, like, bug me a little bit. But, like, at the end sure, of the dude, day, I like, mean... I can always I, – I, you know, I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful life. I'm happy. Like, right. at the end of the day, it's all gravy. Yo. It's not real. It's, it's not intangible. Real, dude. I mean, it's so funny because it's, like, uh, the, the comment section thing is so funny because it's – I would say – 10 times out of 10 it's always more positive than negative right always but that is funny because that doesn't mean anything to me at all anymore either it's like there's not when i saw someone say that bad shit and i confirmed that oh that can't be true that's just fake that person is just that crazy to do that yeah i saw all the positive shit the same way where i was like well that's what like like this this whole thing someone can write sure i love this this is amazing and, and yeah. i'm and I'm, of course that means something i get it but like that thousands of comments thing your brain taking in and going wow thousands of people just said great job you're fucking awesome that isn't healthy for you to take in and believe too 100%. much like i think it's i think it's healthy in a way of like yeah let it let it get you going the way like a fucking coach gets a team going like mm. we're gonna win but don't it doesn't mean that you have to still go win the game the coach can't actually help you do that you know the, so. no, the number one piece of advice i can give to any younger artists or people in general this isn't just an art thing this is a social media user thing remember this this stupid thing in my hand is not real like at the end of the day you see so much division in conversation online that i because always think easy. about i always think about this could you imagine if you like looked on a political post per se right and the way that people talk to each other if you did that in real life, there would be – it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. And I think about this all the time in that, like, there's people you don't agree with, right? But if you were to yeah. meet them in person, 90% of the time you'd have a civil conversation. This totally. thing, it doesn't work like that because there's no repercussions. You don't have to worry about getting punched in the face through the internet. It doesn't happen. Like, it's not how it works. Dude, but the, the, the proof of that is if someone commented on my shit, the most awful things you could ever imagine, if they – said shit about my family everything they could go yeah. as hard as they wanted to if i saw them in person the next day or the next week whatever all of that would disappear yep. and it, it, it might translate to awkwardness but it would not even get close to what it was online like i would see that person and i would just be like oh like i have no i have nothing against you because i'm meeting you for the first time for real here no matter what you said it doesn't even matter because i know that that's not it doesn't it's not real until we're in front of each other, no matter what, you know? I just always, because me and you have had the opportunity to grow up in a, in a situation where we, we were the guinea pig generation as to where like we yeah. grew up going out and playing fucking 
freedom and fucking tag and shit. And then when we were in like middle school, high school, we got these things. And then it's like, mm-hmm. we've had the experience on both sides. I yeah. worry about like my nieces and stuff like that who have grown yeah, up sure. with iPhones and then like, they don't know how to process these kind of things. And that Dude, was like it's... my, that was my thing with TikTok in a way that like, I was like, I, as a, as a grown man, as a 29 year old man, I was on my phone and I was like, I feel weird about this. Like they're, they're sending me all these messages where it's like, like, Oh, you're not good enough. Like you have, you don't have enough followers yet. Here's how you get more followers. And I like, I like, I put it down and I texted the group of the band. And I was like, dude, this is going to fuck kids up. Like so bad, then, dude. It's so bad. But then there's this other part that you go on there and this is all social media in a way, the creativity that you see. Yeah. Is unfucking believable. Like it, it really, is, man. Like, it's amazing, and it's also there's something really, really bad and really, really good about it at all times. It's agreed. Like, there is something so good about being to turn on my phone right now and see things from all over the world. I could watch a comedy skit, someone get hit by a car, someone <laughs> help a homeless person, yep, a attractive person doing something, and in in fucking two seconds, I could see all those things. Yep, and it's like. That's bad in the sense of like, I don't truly think your brain is meant to be able to do that shit no. at all. Like there's no way. Like the thing is like maybe one day our brains will be because right, we've been doing this shit for quite a bit now, but yep. we actually haven't been doing it for quite a bit. Like it hasn't been true. Like for how evolution works, we are way ahead oh of ourselves. Like Bro, the technology is way ahead. You got to think about the fact that in college, I'm in my twenties and in college, I had a fucking BlackBerry. Like, in that amount of time, from, like, 2015 to 2021, look where we are. Like, this is... When you say that shit, I'm like... Like, a hundred years ago, there weren't readily, like, available cars. Well, that's the thing. It's like, if you look at history, it's really weird because the change from decade to decade from decade to decade is so obviously big yeah. that you could, that they, that they even named it things like the industrial revolution and things, you know what I mean? Like there yeah. were, there's these, these giant milestones that were happening within 10, 20 years of each other. And now you're, there hasn't been, it's like, you know, my car is a pretty similar to the first car ever built. Like, it's not that far away to the point where you could say, like, holy shit. Yeah. Sure, obviously, it's light years ahead of it in a lot of ways, but it really isn't. So, it's like, but from having no car to invention of a car is Yo. gigantic, you know? But, like, now it's like you have the iPhone 10 to the iPhone 11, and then the iPhone 11 to the iPhone 12 to the point where we actually joke about how nothing changes. They actually made it shittier or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, we don't. There aren't these big things anymore. Like we, we focus on stupid shit like virtual reality where we're like, mm. oh, that'll be crazy. It's like, yeah, like we're talking about games right now. We're not, we're not talking about inventing a car that'll help us travel. You know what I mean? And airplanes have been the same forever. Like there, so we've hit this wall and it's now manifested itself into something like TikTok where you open your phone and you physically just see so much shit in front of you and you're, you're taking in so much information at all times. And that's the thing. It's, it's the ultimate, I feel like, era, if there is a name for it, it's like this ultimate era of um, processing information and knowing everything as quickly as humanly. But, like, everyone knows something at the same time on this planet within seconds of each other. The reason I don't think that's healthy, and I think it's why you see so many people that struggle with mental health 
at such a large level today. Yeah. And part of it is that there's so much that we know that we didn't used to know. Like, and I, it's also a reason why I don't think people can really have idols anymore because you know everything about everybody. Yeah. And yeah. totally. It's like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, it's a, it, 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 it's, it's, it's like, it's just right, this, like David, like David Bowie and Prince. Like, what would they do on TikTok? That's what I'm saying. It's, it, and it's like, yeah. like, if, like, you know, like, if so and so lived at this point of time, like, what would they have had to go through? just because of the way they live their life and like everybody knew about it. Like I'm a big proponent of like just in general, like I like a little bit of mystery to life. Like I don't like, I don't need, like, I like to rip myself away from this thing. It's very difficult, especially in what we do. Cause you constantly right, right. have to keep updating this thing. But like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm very impressed by the way that you've navigated it and the way that you've done it. Thank and but your music's excellent as well, by the way. Like it's, Thank I've, I've, al I've always been very forthright in saying that like, I am a genuine fan. Like there's some people we'll talk to who I'm like, I know this is good for the podcast, but I don't really know their shit that way. Yeah. As far as bands that I've played shows with your, yeah. you and what you've done with deal casino and your solo shit. Like I actually like yeah. am a fan. So I don't want to cool. say that. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, you know, we're going to play middle class dream, but if you want to tease the new song, you feel free to. Oh when yeah. Is it coming sure. out? Um, I don't know, man. Like it was, <laughs> it's, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the like whatever Spotify and streaming shit for March 12th, but that's wrong because um, like we did that. And then there was this whole thing where my manager reached out to the Zane Lowe people after the mm. whole Zane Lowe shit happened. And he was like, dude, they want to like premiere it on their show which whatever I probably shouldn't say it because who, who knows but I think it's you know it's like that was supposed to be a thing and so that was like oh that's crazy we obviously should do that and then uh the dude hit us back and was like yeah yeah March 12th uh, is no good though like it has to be a week after that or something like that so I posted a TikTok two minutes like before he oh no so I posted a thing I was like March 12th it's coming out and all these people are like fuck yeah and then Pergo says, by the way, don't tell anyone March 12th because it's going to change. I was like, oh, motherfucker. And I was like, the, the, the video started doing well-ish. And I was like, fuck it. Who cares? Like, You should have just you should just put another one up that just says LOL, JK. Like, it, like, I, I, I put a comment, like, hopefully, like, it's, I don't know how it works on TikTok with comments at the top from the creator. But, like, I put, like, update. Like, that's not fucking true. Like, something just <laughs> Someone happened. Someone took my phone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's just a joke. And, uh, yeah, so I and you know just there's so much shit up in the air and it's like in people are like oh fuck you know but that's the other thing is like i've also learned when people go put the song out put the song out like you know or what, what's taking so long whatever it yeah. is it's like it's gonna make you want to fucking panic like it made me like i felt that the first time anything ever happened like that and i was like oh fuck like i gotta get this done pergo let's get on spotify people are gonna lose attention and it's like dude that makes no sense to no. give people that in a way that it's like the reason they liked what you were doing is because you did it your way. That's why they initially got on board. And now for you to flip it and do whatever they're telling you to do. Yep. I mean, they don't, it's like, you can't put anything on the person who like listens to music. Like you can't put on them like, well, you rushed me to put it out. So da, da, da. yeah, exactly. Like, you got to just do your thing. You know, and it's like, you know, so many people are always saying like, put it out already. Da, da, da. Like some people have like this weird thing where it's like, the it's the as opposite of the mystery thing as possible where yes. people are like 
come on, put it out already. It's like, yo, you wouldn't fucking talk to who, you know, whoever like that. Yeah, you're not going to go to Dave Grohl and be like, put it out, pussy. Like, do it now. Well, right, because, because it's funny. Like, you can't. Because, like, you can't get in contact with him. Right. Right, because he's so big that it's not like you comment on his Twitter. This like, is the double-edged Instagram. sword of the entire situation. Yes, exactly. And it's like, now it's like, I literally can respond to comments if people know I'm there. And then they say, hey, like, you should change that chord to an E minor. And I'm like, yo, get the yo, fuck out. I hate that. Yeah, People 100%. love doing that shit, though. People love doing that shit. And it just makes me want to be like, dude, I don't even want you to follow me or, like, be a part of this whole thing. Yeah, like, man. That's the weird – well, I don't care anymore. Like, you've made it so weird and, like, I, there, I that. There is an odd aspect of, like, the, the, the quick response between fan and creator. There is this odd yeah. sense of control that some people have over what you do or, like, over what you yep. should do or how you should speak. And it's, it's weird. Like, and I, I never – those are the things that give me anxiety as, a, as someone who makes things. It's like I'm, – I don't know if I'm a people pleaser, but I definitely don't like to no. disappoint. You know what I mean? That, so, dude, we, I mean, when you make stuff, music, podcast, whatever it is, no matter what, there's an element of it that you want people to like it. That's why you upload it. That's yep. what it means. You know, facts, like you put it facts. out into the world in a way that's like, I want you to see this or else you would just make it for yourself and go eat your food and go to sleep. But like, so as soon as you do that, you're trying to please someone in some way. Yeah. The goal of being an, an artist is someone who does that and maintains as much of them, their selves themselves as possible yes. because you will lose it you are going to lose and you're going to shed some of yourself in order to do that thing yep and sacrifice a little bit but it's who sacrifices the least i think is the most artistic that's kind of what it means to me anyway it's weird that i've gotten to a point where i get more i put more thought and care into maybe it's because it's a newer field for me like when we release music i'm balls out confident about what we're doing i never think yeah. twice i'm like because i know how to do that i'm really yeah. good at that yeah but yeah in this situation where i'm less than a year into doing this and we're already working with bigger Crazy. people and like all this shit when i put a podcast out i think about it like, i'm like oh man i wonder how this is doing i wonder if people are like yeah because you give a shit yeah and I, I, it's not that i don't give a shit about music it's more that i just that's what I was put on earth to do. I know how to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but when it comes right. to the podcast thing, it's like I'm an outsider looking in and I'm just like, okay, this is just a part of what I do. The music shit. Right. Plus I got six other idiots that I can share the load with before the music. <laughs> yeah, of course. This, this totally. thing is different, but Joe, yep. this is always a pleasure talking to you. We're going to have you back on again soon. Obviously you're a recurring member of this whole family, but uh, everybody go stream middle class stream stream leave stream everything joe's got going on and then get ready for the new tune joe anything else you want to say no thanks for having me this is sweet let's do it again anytime brother
never light up That's where we'd come, I bet he